way he had anticipated. And of course, he, he is a perfect God, but because he gave us a free will, he had to take into account that, yes, we would be able to uh, stray off and not be obedient. And of course, when we read scripture, we find out that God actually took this into account and prepared a savior for us even ahead of time. But you know, when you're going through a pain at that particular time, even when you know that this is coming, it's still painful. It's still hard. And the Bible tells us here that God was grieved in his heart. And he was sorry that he made man. Felt we should not have done what we have done, maybe with good intentions, but we said, maybe I should just have forgotten about it. I should not have done it. And that's what happened to God. You know, God had good intentions when he made man. Because he wanted man to be in his presence for all eternity. He wanted man to be in his family and experience the great love that he has for us and be able to not only receive love, but also give love back. That's why he created us. That was the purpose. Of course, that's why we want to have a family. That's why we want to have a companion in our own life, you know. We always look for, for somebody who will tell us, I love you. And of course, we know that some people have, have found the, the, the Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and then it turned out not to be later on. And that's what we see here in the life of uh, the creation of God. God created mankind with great love, with great attention to detail, you know, with, uh, a, wonderful, with a wonderful way for us to be, uh, you know, uh, creative like God is creating. There are so many things that we are able to do. But then things did not work out that way. And the Bible tells us that in the generation of Noah, okay, everything had come from bad to worse. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intent of the human beings was continually evil. Now, God loves us, and he doesn't want to judge us. But even on earth, we know that judgment is sometimes inevitable, okay? When things have, when crimes have been committed, when things have gone wrong in life, then eventually judgment, you know, a trial before a court of law will be inevitable. And that's exactly what God did. God tried the, the human race and they failed. They were falling short of the glory of God. And so he decided upon judgment to be brought on the earth. And this was not the only time we see that judgment every now and then comes. And the Bible tells us, you know, God has given us life. And uh, he gives us the gifts and the grace and the, the wonderful things. But after that, we have to face judgment. Okay, and judgment does not necessarily mean to be something bad. Judgment can be something good. The Bible tells us there is a, there is a judgment for the righteous where it will be decided what kind of portion they get when they are entering into uh, the presence of God. So judgment is not necessarily always a, a bad thing. Uh, judgment can be something very, very powerful, very, very good. 
And uh, I'm looking forward for that judgment when, you know, uh, something good will be pronounced upon all of us. Okay? That's what we should look forward to. Now, judgment was decided in the heart of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had come to the conclusion that mankind was beyond repair at that particular time. You know, the Bible says that wickedness of man was so great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So in other words, they were beyond redemption, beyond return. And of course, God sees our heart. He knows when we are beyond redemption. You know, God does not necessarily judge because we have sinned. In fact, we know that the world has fallen into sin far away from God, but he allows man to continue because God still speaks even to the sinner and calls them into the righteous life with Christ. But then there comes a time like in this particular situation when things had gone beyond repair, beyond uh, redemption. And of course, you and I, we don't know when such a situation has come. You know, sometimes we give up on people when we shouldn't. Sometimes we, you know, we, we, we condemn. Sometimes we declare them uh, beyond repair when we shouldn't because God has always got a way to speak to them and bring them back. But when God says they were continually evil and there was no, uh, no hope for them, then, of course, he had to bring judgment. But on the threshold of judgment, God came to connect with Noah. Okay? That's a very, very powerful story. And, you know, one man can make a huge difference. One woman can make a huge, a huge difference. And that's why every one of us counts, okay? Never look down at yourself. Never think uh, my, my uh, life does not matter. No, it matters. And so Noah was one man who was swimming against the current. Uh, to me, I think uh, Noah must have been a very powerful man because, uh, you know, most of the people would just uh, run with with the public opinion, what, is, uh, what everybody does, we also do. But Noah was a different man. He was against, you know, he was living against the, the common uh, value system that was evil, and he was looking for God. Even in the time when things were so bad, and even God got grieved in his heart and, and, and saw that uh, judgment had finally to come, he found one man who had a different heart, who had a different desire. And of course, God used that one man in order to offer one more opportunity for the salvation of the people that he was about to judge. And that's what God always does. You know, before God judges, he always gives us an opportunity to repent, to return, to come back to God. And that's what God did at that particular time. Okay? 
So God met with Noah. The only man who was not running down the road with everybody else, but the only man who went against the current to please God. And the Bible tells us this powerful line that Noah was able to find grace in the eyes of God. Now, that's a very interesting way of, you know, putting a certain truth, okay? When you are in somebody's eyes, that means you are close. Am I right? And, and, and Noah searched for God. Noah was having a desire for God. Noah came close to God. And, you know, when, when we do that, God will always notice. God will not overlook us. God will not ignore us. I mean, God could have said, I'm already annoyed, so one man doesn't make a difference. No, actually, one man made a difference. And so when Noah was searching for God, coming close to God, you know, seeking the face of God, Noah found a smile on the face of God. Amen? And thank God, this is true for all of us today. You see, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Okay? That means he was close enough, isn't it? You know, you can't do remote control. Lord, give me grace, and he's somewhere else, and you're somewhere else. You're in the ditch somewhere, and say, give me grace. Seek for him. Show him that you are really, truly value the grace of God, and seek to receive that grace that God has for you. So one man who swam against the current made all the difference in the life of this world of evil. Noah did not participate in the evil of uh, his generation. But he rather, or should I say God found him. Okay, God noticed him. God saw his heart. God saw that he was looking to be upright. And then God gave him grace. And that grace was not in vain, okay? The Bible tells us that Noah was a just man or a righteous man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Okay, now this is uh, almost uh, connected to the, to the first line where it says Noah found grace with God, but I believe that, that Noah found grace with God many years before the other line was actually coming to pass. Because the grace made him to be perfect. The grace made him to be righteous. The grace made him to be walking with God. It's very interesting. You know, the great-grandfather of, of, of uh, Noah was Enoch. And the Bible tells us that Enoch was walking with God. And then at one particular time, you know, uh, God took him uh, and he was no more. Okay, so God decided that Enoch should be with him. And of course, I'm sure that uh, Noah knew about that. Even so, of course, in those days, people were living a long, long time, you know, much longer than we live today. You know, the, uh, the lifespan 
of the people were seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years plus. Okay? And so Enoch lived a long time before and God took him away. But Enoch was an example. And I believe that Noah knew about that example and so he had a desire, he had a longing to live like his great-grandfather Enoch, walking with God. And he did so. And the Bible gives that testimony. He was a... That's amazing. Amen? And of course, God wants us, you know, God wants you and me to be turned into people like Noah, okay? When we find grace with God, and thank God, when we came to know Jesus Christ, grace has been able to be poured into our hearts and lives. And grace is not just a momentary experience. Grace is a river of life that continues to flow into our lives continuously. It doesn't stop. And that's very important. It's very important for us to understand that. So you can depend on God's grace every single day of your life. And that's the reason why God said to Paul when he was seeking for help in his problem, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Praise God. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So we need to understand that God has a plan for our lives. It's not for one day or for two days or for a few weeks, but it's for the whole of our lifespan. God wants his grace to flow and do marvelous and mighty things in each and every one of our lives. So Noah was able to become familiar with God. And as Noah became familiar with God, God began to share his plans with him. And you know, it's always a special uh, privilege for us to become partners with God. Okay? Being able to hear what God has in mind, what God wants to accomplish, what God wants to do, and become part of the plans of God. That's what God desires. And we should desire the same thing as well. Okay? There were many before Noah who were able to find grace in the sight of God and they became partner with God. Okay? There was Abraham. There was Abel who was living long even before Noah. He found grace. And he was able to be justified before God. And so let's understand that, you know, grace will justify ourselves before the Lord. Grace will make us right before God, righteous and perfect. And we will be able to be useful in every way to our God. So when we enter the life of grace, our life will be changed for good. Okay, not just for a moment, but for good. Now let me take you quickly to the, to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 verse 11, the Bible says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become 
For all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people. Now this is very interesting. God said that God puts an end to all people, but Noah was a human being, but he was not part of all the people. He was set aside. Okay? Because he had learned to live righteous before God. He had learned to uh, do away with evil and, you know, focus to the living God. God says to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, which excludes Noah and his family. Very interesting, isn't it? For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. This is make rooms in it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 70 feet wide, and 45, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Okay, there are more details which are given. But you know, uh, if you are given an instruction to do a certain thing and you don't really know how to do it, you sometimes may feel overwhelmed. And I can imagine uh, that Noah was not a carpenter. Okay, from what we see in his life later on, he was actually uh, a farmer. Okay, he planted vineyards. So he was not necessarily an engineer or a carpenter or an expert in building uh, a great structure, you know, being a shipbuilder. And yet God said to him, I want you to do this. Now, maybe there were other people who would have been more qualified in the generation of Noah, but the people who were probably more qualified, they were evil. They couldn't respond to the call of God. And so God took the man who was able to listen, the man who uh, he could be able to fill with the grace of God, and he was beginning to do the things that God told him to do. And let me, let me make this very clear. You know, uh, I believe in education. I believe in, in being specialized in certain, in certain skills. But if God tells you something and you're saying, I can't do it, I don't have the skills, uh, you must understand that God gives you grace. And the grace of God will skill you in every single area where God requires you to do his bidding. And that's important. So in other words, grace is not just the beginning of our lives, but grace is available for us every single day as we go through our lives. Okay? And whatever God asks us to accomplish, whatever God asks you to do, God will give you the grace that makes you skilled enough to accomplish all of this. So while uh, Noah probably was not a shipbuilder, was not an engineer, was not a carpenter, was not somebody who had, you know, been trained in all of these different uh, skills, when God gave him the clear um, the clear word of instruction, then he gave him also the ability to carry it through. You know, many times in my own life, I've experienced that. You know, maybe God asked me to do certain things, and I said, God, I'm not qualified, I can't do that. 
And God says, you know, trust me, you will be able to do it. And for sure, you know, when we take steps of obedience, and this is one of the things that we see so clearly in the life of Noah. Noah obeyed God. Noah did not argue with God, but Noah obeyed God. He probably could have a lot of arguments. And you know, many times, all of us, we sometimes have arguments when God tells us a certain thing. But Noah was not a man of arguments. God gave him a plan and said, go and do this, and Noah obeyed. And he depended altogether on the grace of God that he could be able to accomplish that. So that's why we must understand grace is the God life. You know, God connects us to himself through the flow of grace that flows into our lives, that widens our horizon, that gives us skills that we have never learned in life, that makes us able to speak languages that we don't know. Okay? There are so many examples in Scripture where God uses vessels who are willing vessels that he can be able to use and who are going to be used mightily because they are available. Not because they can do it, not because they have the skills, but because they're available and because they are obedient. And that's exactly what we should, we should learn, okay? That we respond to the call of God in our lives, no matter whether it is far beyond our horizon. We say, God, if you want me to do this, I will do it. Okay? And then you walk by faith and not by sight. And that's why the Bible tells us that Noah was a man of faith. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 7, the Bible says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his face, he condemned them. So in other words, he lived by faith when everybody else was saying it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. When everybody else lived in violence and evil and corruption, Noah lived a righteous life. And he built an ark that he was probably, you know, not really very skilled to do. But the grace of God was giving him the ability to accomplish what he himself could never have accomplished in his own strength, in his own ability. And that's why it is important, you know, that we yield our lives to God. Because when we yield our lives to God, we can do things that we cannot do in the natural. But God is going to give us the ability is going to give us the strength, is going to give us the skill set in order for us to be able to, to do it. Sometimes I've been surprised when I saw people who were given a certain assignment by God and I looked at some of these people and said, how will they ever be able to do that? But I saw them rise way beyond their own limitations because God's grace was flowing richly in their lives. And I want to tell you, you know, when God speaks to you, when God nudges you, when God directs you in a certain, into a certain, uh, you know, 
dimension that you might think, I can't, I can't really accomplish that. Don't argue with God. Because when God calls you, he has got the capacity to give you in order to come accomplish everything that he tells you to do. And that's the wonderful thing. You know, uh, this is, this is the, the great good news that we all have. As human beings, we are not just dependent on our own reason, on the living God, on the flow of God's grace that is new every morning, you know, that comes to us in abundance every single day. And that's the good news. So you can be a Noah in the midst of an evil, uh, you know, surrounding and, uh, you know, develop character, develop backbone, be able to say, no, this is not right. When everybody else is going to push you and uh, nag you, you know, because they think everybody must agree with the evil standards that are prevailing today. No, we need people who are able to stand up for the righteousness of God. And when God's grace is uh, flowing into our lives, it will become visible, okay? It will become visible because we will become people of righteousness. We will become people who are changing our outlook and our lifestyle. And, you know, God will call us perfect in every way. You know, there's a, there's a very powerful word uh, in, the, in the Hebrew language which is uh, called Tamim. And Tamim, you know, is what God told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect, Tamim. And God again talks about Noah. He was Tamim, he was perfect. And you know, our, our subject for this year says that for my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Okay, so God's power is to be able to work in our life so that we come to perfection. Now, I know there are a lot of arguments uh, running up and down your mind and saying there's nobody perfect in this world, and you are right. But we are not becoming perfect because of our ability. We are not becoming perfect because we are so clever or we are so intelligent or we have been, uh, you know, uh, able to do more than everybody else. Now we become perfect because of the grace of God, because of the power of God, and the power of God is the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So God has sent Jesus Christ, and the Bible tells us that he came full of grace and truth, and that grace and truth gives us the ability to do things that naturally we cannot be able to accomplish at all in any way. So we can take great encouragement from a time that was wicked, that was evil, and yet there was a man who was connecting with God and he saw God moving in a mighty and powerful way in his life. And that is what we should all experience in our own lives as well. Let me just take you to a few other uh, Scriptures. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 17, I'm going to bring the flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, 
Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. And Noah did everything just as God commanded. Noah did everything just as God commanded. So what we must understand, you know, uh, earlier on when, when uh, God was talking about the judgment that he's going to bring, he says that he will preach us they need a ruler. Remember when God created earth, he created man to be in dominion of all the creation of God. And when the dominion is not there, even the creature cannot survive. So they were judged because of man's failure. They also had to, it was man who sinned. But because they were tied together, they also had to die. But on the, on the other hand, we also see that a righteous man, Noah, who got connected to the grace of God, also got a set of every creature and God brought them into, into the ark. All those who are on the ground, all those who are uh, birds of the air or whatever uh, creatures who had uh, the grace of God in them, they were brought in the ark. In fact, they, uh, Noah didn't have to round them up. God himself gave them a command to enter into the ark. Isn't that powerful? And so you can see that Noah, who was a righteous man, was still keeping his dominion over the creation of God. Okay? These animals got spared because there was a righteous man. If there was no righteous man, even the, those animals would never have survived. But because there was a man who listened to the voice of God, there was a man who followed uh, the instructions of God, there was a man who obeyed in every detail. That's why not only man, but also animals were able to survive. And the Bible says, and Noah did just everything as God commanded him to do. Isn't that a powerful testimony? Wouldn't it be nice that uh, God is going to say that about your life, about my life. You know, so very often we don't even know what God is saying because we are too far away. We are too remote. Okay? But the Bible tells us Noah was coming into the presence of God. He was searching for God. He, he, he came to look at the face of God, if you like. You know, I mean, obviously not in the natural because no one can see the face of God and live. But he was seeking God. And he was coming in between eyesight of God. Okay, so Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So in other words, he was close. He was not far away. And so we need to, you know, adjust our life, especially as we begin, you know, a new season and a new year. We need to adjust our lives and ask God, God, what is it that you want me 
to accomplish. Okay? And I want, I want you to say me, not, you know, us. Because us means maybe all the others, but not me. Okay? Because everybody counts in, in God's economy. You are not here by accident. You are not here uh, a leftover. I think somebody wrote a book which was called Spare because he felt he's a spare. I feel sorry for such a person because he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't understand what God has in, in, in store for, for his life. Isn't that tragic when we live in this world and we don't know what we are here for? And when we finally think we have uh, the power to rise, we are pointing fingers at everybody else, which means we don't understand what we are here for. That's why we need to come before God and say, God, what is it that you want me to accomplish? And let me tell you, God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. <clears throat> okay, God wants to reveal to you all the good things that he wants you to accomplish in your life. Let me tell you, God will not ask you to build an ark because the ark was already built. Okay? The ark is the place of safety. And the ark is a picture of uh, the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Okay? So God offers salvation even before he finally brings the judgment to these people. He gives them an opportunity and says, if you enter into the ark, you are safe. So you don't have to build an ark. But it may well be that God has got something unique for you to do that you haven't even thought of. Okay? So whatever God will tell you, things rule it out and accomplished. And that's why we need to live by faith and not by sight. If, we, he would, if, we, if he would tell us to do things which anybody can do, then you don't need faith. You understand? So we need to learn to live by faith and not by sight. That means we have to hear that God will stretch us further than we can reach ourselves and then live by faith. That's why faith is there. Okay, so many of us, we think faith is only necessary to believe in Jesus Christ, that he comes uh, as a savior into my life. And of course, that's true. But God wants to stretch each and every one of us a little further, a little higher. Because God has a plan for our lives. And God wants to reveal this plan to each and every one of us. So when we connect to grace, grace flows, okay? Of course, we are responsible that we keep the connection going because sometimes we, we are careless and we make the connection uh, stuck, you know, because we fill it with trash or we are, we are, we are not, uh, you know, keeping up the relationship with our God, then the grace cannot come. Okay, this is... This is how God brings grace to us, through his words, okay? This is the, 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 the one way God lets his, his, his grace flow into our lives. You know, grace is not something mystic where you need to touch a certain place somewhere. No, grace comes through the word. The Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus is the living word. Amen? The word that became flesh and walked amongst us. And 
when Jesus was walking amongst us, the Bible tells us that he was full of grace and truth. In the book of Colossians, we read that all the divine nature is living in Christ in a bodily way, in a bodily form. So in other words, if you connect to Jesus, and that is through the word of God, you are connected to grace. And grace can be able to flow continuously. That you hear, and then you know it and forget about it. But this word has life. This word has power. This word can transform our lives, can transform our skill set, can transform our future in a very powerful way. And that's what God desires. So when we live in the life of grace, our lives will be changed not just because you received grace today and today you are very happy and you are getting excited, but it will change for good, provided you are allowing the grace to continue flow into your life. And that's what we must learn. That was, we must, must make sure that it will happen to each and every one of us. You know, sometimes we become a bit lazy, we get tired, we're saying, ah, oh, you know, I, uh, after all, I know the word of God, so I don't have to read it again and again. And yet, you know, you are missing out on what God is actually uh, accomplishing inside of your heart through that word that you are reading. Okay? In the Old Testament, uh, we read a very powerful scripture that man is not living by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus repeated this word again when he was tempted by Satan. And Satan was suggesting to him, you know, you can easily you know, do this or the other uh, to come out of your predicament. And Jesus said, I will not because I will, <clears throat> I will only do what the Father told me to do. Man does not live by bread alone. You know, bread is good, you know, and food is good. The physical things of this world, they are good. Uh, but the word of God must supersede all of these things. Must be more important than all of the things of this world. Okay? Of God, because it's the word of God that equips us. It's the word of God. And, you know, I could here say the, the word of grace. Okay? Because grace and the word and the truth, you know, they are all forming into one. Okay? They are giving us the ability to accomplish and achieve what God has called us into this world for. And as I said, you know, the river of God never runs dry. It will always run. The Bible shows us pictures of the tree of life. Okay? It shows us pictures of the, the threshold of the temple where, you know, water is flowing from the, from the altar and it becomes a river becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, this was a, a prophecy that was given to Ezekiel, and he was able to write about it uh, in Ezekiel 47. You can read it in your own time. Okay? So the river of life, you know, it may start very small. You know, the grace of God may, may come in a way that most people will not notice around you what has happened. But if you continually receive the grace of God, they will see the difference in your life. They will see that something happened that you could not have done on your own, but it's done by the grace of God. 
It is done because God has done a mighty and powerful work in your life. He is the one who makes you righteous. He makes the one, he's the one who makes you perfect and holy. He's the one who makes you useful for every good work in the word of God. Maybe we can put a scripture on the, on the screen here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. That's a very powerful word. Okay, Paul is writing to Timothy. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, that means the unclean things in our lives, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Any good work. So what we need to do is give God a chance to fill our whole life. You know, remove the dirt out of our life, out of our minds. Okay? Don't connect to things that are filling you with trash in this world. You know, there are certain, certain things that we have become accustomed to uh, that are not really helping us. They are not building us. And the Bible says, if a man, you know, cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument of noble purposes, made holy. And of course, this is, if, if you cleansed himself from the unrighteousness of his generation, okay, he became an instrument for a noble purpose, building an ark that probably had no idea, uh, you know, before he got the instructions from above, however to do something like that. But God made him holy. He made him useful to God. And, you know, he became a partner to God. Useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. So, there is great hope for each and every one of us. Okay? But one thing we need, and that is the grace of God must flow in our lives. Okay? When the grace of God is flowing in our lives, then we will become righteous. We become blameless. We become people able to walk with God and not, you know, walking with the, the people who are living in the evil surrounding of this world. That's what God calls us. And we must understand that even Jesus is referring to Noah. Okay? Because in one way, Noah becomes an example. Okay? Noah lived at a time when God said judgment is going to come and people were laughing at him and uh, continuing in their own lifestyle. And Jesus says in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 37, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they know nothing about what, was happening, what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, understand that the Bible tells us that not only was Noah a righteous man, but he was actually a preacher of righteousness. And for about 120 years, you know, as he was building the ark, it was not something that was done 
in two weeks' time. It was taking a long time. But for this time when he was uh, building the ark, he was a preacher of righteousness. He showed people that there is a way that God is able to conserve at it. Okay? And when you enter into the ark, then you are safe. But people were laughing at it. People didn't take this to heart. People continued with their old lifestyle. And consequently, when finally the day came that God told him to enter into the ark, they had no clue what was going to happen. Because for them, uh, you know, Noah was somebody who was not right upstairs. Okay, something must have gone wrong with him. After all, he built a, a ship on dry ground. Why would you do that? Okay, what he did did not make sense to them. But of course, in the plan of God, it made perfect sense. And that's why, you know, we need to follow the instructions of the Lord, even if they don't make sense in the eyes of the world, but in God's plan, it makes sense. Because even so, there was dry ground, no water inside anywhere nearby, God was able to bring the water in due course. And so we must understand that God is in control. In control of the life of Noah, in, the, in control of our lives. And you know, God wants us to be partakers of the good plan of the Lord. Be useful for every good work. Isn't that powerful? Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation within you. Praise the Lord. You know, when the grace of God flows into your life, you are a member of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you. Amen? Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not. Men will tell you, there is it, here is it. Do not go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by his generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will be the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Just like Noah was preaching righteousness in his days. Today we have got not only one person, but we have got people all over the world who are preaching the righteousness of God from the pulpits of so many different churches. But the world still doesn't care. The world doesn't want to listen. The world still wants to continue in their evil ways. Isn't that sad? It's a reality. The world is doing Especially should we never partake of the, what the world is doing. Because the world is the world and it will be going for destruction. It will come under judgment. But we 
need to be in Christ. Okay, and the Bible tells us that God eventually told Noah to enter into the ark and all the animals had already gone in. And then the Bible says God shut the door. Okay? It was not Noah who shut the door. And that's why even, uh, he could not even open it again. Okay? So if people were knocking now, I can imagine that when the, the waters finally were rising up, that some people came and said, hey, Noah, I'm your uncle. Please open. Let me in. I'm your brother-in-law. I'm this, I'm that, you know. I mean, probably there were a lot of relatives. I mean, obviously, you know, these were big families. And they were old families, you know. They were coming, uh, since, since they were uh, becoming so old uh, in those days, they had so many uh, sons and daughters. And I, I can imagine people came, but the Bible just tells us and the flood took them all away. Okay, there was no way to open another back door. Okay, today we are preaching the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are preaching Jesus Christ crucified. We are preaching him as the savior of mankind. We are preaching to people, come to Jesus and you will receive eternal life. You will receive the grace of God. He will forgive all of your sins. And yet, so many people are still not listening. So many people are still going their own ways. But the Bible says the day will come. Okay? And just as it was happening in the days of Noah, it will be happening in our time. Now, we don't know when Jesus will return. Okay, no one of us knows. Jesus didn't tell us this is the day and the, the season. And he even says to us when somebody says, here is Jesus, there is Jesus, don't go there because these are, these are charlatans, these are liars. Okay? But keep your eyes upon Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay? But just like in the days of Noah, Christ will appear when nobody in this world will expect him. And I hope we are not belonging to the world who is not expecting him. Actually, we should expect him anytime. Whenever he comes, we should be ready for him. Amen? Because we know that the life of this world that has become, you know, so natural, normal for everybody is not continuing as usual. Of course, even the world now realizes if we continue our lifestyle like this, then the world is going to, to uh, suffer the consequences of our lifestyle. You know, we see climate change as a consequence of our lifestyle. We see all kinds of different things happening to the world, and uh, people now are beginning to wake up and say, we must do something uh, in order to curb the, the situation. But what we really need more than anything else is receive Christ. Because if we were all under... Uh, the leadership of Christ, many of those negative influences of this world would be a thing of the past. So, grace makes us obedient to the word of God. Okay? You can see this in Noah's life. He became obedient. He did everything that God told him to do. When God says, enter the ark, he entered the ark and God shut the ark. Okay? He and his family were inside. All the 
And you know, God brought along, they were inside because he obeyed the voice of God. And you know, we see this, uh, you know, reflected again in the life of Christ. Christ was obedient in every detail of his life. Okay? And why was he obedient in his life? Because he was full of grace. Okay? The more grace is in your life, the more easy it is to be obedient. The less grace you have in your life, the more rebellious you're going to be. So if you see somebody is always uh, negative, always rebellious, you know there is a lack of grace. Okay? Ask yourself, you know, ask yourself. You know, what kind of life do you live? When there is an abundance of grace, there will be also an abundance of obedience. There will also be in our lives. Not from ourselves, but it will come from God. It is what God will do in us and through us. So God enabled Noah to do things that he had no natural ability to do because he was connected to grace. He was able to do what God told him to do. You know, he was probably not a carpenter, not an engineer, but he had grace and God's grace is sufficient for everything that God calls us to do. So God's plan succeeded in the life of Noah, the obedient vessel of God. He became a type of Christ who constructed the ark, which is a picture of Christ. Because when we are in him, we are safe. And so let us be such kind of people, like Noah's life. Let us become obedient vessels to the purposes of God. Let us be able to learn to do the things that God has called us to do. And we will be able to do what God calls us to do because he gives us his grace. And his grace is sufficient in everyone's life. The Apostle Paul once was in court and he says the grace was not wasted on my life. It was not... It was not uh, uh, you know, uh, unable to accomplish what God had called me to do. And let me tell you, God's grace is sufficient in your life as well. Whatever God has asked you to do or whatever God will ask you to do, maybe today or maybe this week, just say, Lord, here I am, send me. And let him know that you will not do the things that he asks you to do out of your own strength, but that you are expecting his grace to accomplish whatever God has asked you to do, just like Noah did. We live in a world, there's a lot of evil, a lot of corruption, a lot of stuff happening in this world today. Not just in our nation, but all over the world, you know. You can see that the, the evil is, is like multiplying. But what it needs are people who are like Noah to say, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to receive your grace. 
I seek your grace. And let's, let's seek the grace of God. Let's come close to the presence of God so that we can receive grace in the eyes of God. May God bless you and may his grace abound in your life in a wonderful way. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful for such wonderful stories we can read in your word. We get encouraged by the life of Noah, who was living in a very, very, very difficult time. In many ways, it's a time that uh, repeats itself again in these last days. But thank you, Lord, that you show us how Noah could make a difference, how Noah could connect to your grace, how this grace was able to make him righteous, was making him perfect, was making him skilled in order to accomplish everything that you have asked him to do. And Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, on behalf of each and everyone here, I pray. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear your instructions for our lives. And Lord, supply us with the grace and the skills and the ability to accomplish everything that you are asking us to do. Just like Noah was able to build an ark, help us, Lord, to build that which you want us to accomplish as partners in the vineyard of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, doing wonderful things in each and every one of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you make grace available to all of us. And Lord, it's your grace that enables us to do whatever you have called us to do. It's your grace that leads us to repentance, O oh God. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. May your Loving kindness be established in our life in a greater way than ever before through the grace that flows from the throne of God. To you be the honor and the praise and everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.